Hey friends, thanks so much for tuning into the Inner Revolution podcast. Are you ready to be changed? Well, let's go. Hey friends, thanks for joining us on the Inner Revolution podcast. Uh, today we're very excited to have Dan Miller joining us. Uh, Coach Dan, mentor Dan, uh, man of God. Dan, there's lots of titles that he holds on to, but he has a real passion for men and just having them uh, really be encouraged in their walk of faith, in their marriage, in their personal life. Um, really, I'm just very excited, Dan, to have you today on the podcast. And uh, we've talked a lot of a lot of different types of themes today, but I'm just going to open it up. If you're just speaking to men today, what, what do you have to say to, to men today? I believe most men just need to know that, you know, to be encouraged. I, I believe a lot of men are going through a lot of the same things um, in their lives. I, I believe my life, my marriage is not very different than a lot of other men and how they feel. You know, I believe, you know, you've done a lot of counseling, mentoring. I, I know I have, you know, th there tends to be this false belief that I'm alone in how I feel in my marriage or how I feel as a father or how I feel as a man. And uh, I believe that is a lie that Satan wants us to continuously believe, you know, you're, you're alone. You're the only one going through this. Um, and I feel like a lot of men just need encouragement. That's for sure. Isn't it? You, you kind of touched on a big word feeling alone. Um, I think when you think about feelings in general, right. Men tend to, maybe bring their feelings really close. You don't really know how they're doing. They kind of, uh, you know, they can implode if they hold on to those heavy feelings too long rather than asking for help or just really having a, a vulnerability. You know, like I mean, most women are very good at articulating their feelings. Uh, what would you say to a man that is maybe kind of to himself, kind of say, hey, don't, don't get too close? <laughs> um, yeah, I think, I think we just need to, take that step of faith. You know, I feel like, you know, God gives us wisdom and puts people in our lives that are already there. Um, I am convinced that if we take the time and spend a little bit of time in prayer and just say, God, you know, reveal to me somebody that I can talk to or men in my life that can help point me in the right direction. I feel like we sometimes out of faith just need to take that step forward. Um, you know, I know there's been several times in my life where I felt very alone or I felt I've been struggling with some things. And it always is amazing me how God has already had those people in place. I just didn't see him as that role or that person. Um, and just being intentional to try to find them. You know, you and I've developed a, an amazing friendship over the last year or so. Um, very intentional, just going over to the church and just, you know, reaching out and saying, hey, what are you doing for lunch? You know, <laughs> sometimes just you know, we may not get into all this stuff, but sometimes just being encouraged, being around you, um, you know, and hopefully, you know, through each other and as brothers in Christ, we can encourage one another and sometimes just be able to sometimes just laugh a little bit, be encouraged, have my spirits lifted. Other times, I think we dive into what the Bible says about different things, topics. And then other times, I believe you and I have just had some really good, hard conversations just about what goes on in our marriages, our lives you know, and what we see in the church. And I think that's just how I get edified and how I have perspective. Um, but, you know, we're not one to talk to 40 people, you know, sometimes though we, we need that one or two, you know, that God can just really, we can be in the trenches with, you know, 
And I believe a lot of times God puts them there. Yeah, I love our conversations. I mean, it's just uh, what I really appreciate about you is you're very practical. And um, you recently were at our men's conference. You were one of our speakers and uh, you shared about mentorship and uh, just the value of men having men in their lives that speak into their lives. And and uh, I think the guys went away with such a sense of conviction and encouragement and also perspective because you can be alone, but you don't have to be lonely, right? You can right. be doing your thing, but you don't have to necessarily, um, you know, feel like you're at a, on a rat race. Um, you can you can have purpose. You can have mission in your life. Um, I, I I think you did an excellent job with the conference. We had a bunch of guys and a lot of great feedback. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. I I think there is something about you know. God gives us wisdom, but we need to act on that. And, you know, I, I just see throughout the Bible how many times there's just story over story after story of, of just men relying on each other, you know. And, you know, I just know in my own life how I have struggled in my marriage as a father, as what is my purpose? You know, you said that. What is my purpose? You know, like, God, why am I here? Like, I'm, I'm supposed to be created for more than just this. And, you know, I, I've quickly realized that, you know, that there's a lot that I foolishly try to pursue, <laughs> you know, and, and I rely on my own wisdom. I rely on what the world teaches and not often going back to what the Bible teaches. And sometimes I need other men in Christ to point to me to, to the cross and to the word. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, and it is hard when you're in those moments, because I, I, I do believe as men, we are created emotional and, you know, God did make us emotional people and how we express our emotions is very different. And unfortunately, a lot of times our emotions are directly affected by our egos. And, mm. you know, um, when our ego feels like it's being hurt or being disrespected or not being put in the right place, our feelings immediately go to negativity. And I feel like that's where it becomes unhealthy. And when we have those negative feelings toward our wife or toward our kids or toward our own purpose, you know, we allow our flesh to just truly lead us. And, you know, I, I believe that's exactly what we're not supposed to do. And I, I mean, you know, Satan's first attack was on marriage. You know, it's not by, it's not by, you know, it, it was intentional by him. You know, it was a way to attack God through marriage. And so um, it's an easy target. You know, it's target is the first target. So. No, it's amazing. I mean, <clears throat> marriage is a lot of work. It's a tremendous blessing. It's worth the investment. Uh, again, um, you know, you, you use that big word ego, you know, um, I think of the word narcissism, you know, the, that's a big word. Um, you know, I think we unconsciously or even consciously struggle with that. Maybe men have trouble with anger because ego is kind of prevailing. It's the prevailing voice in their life um, or narcissism, right? That's self-love. Mm -hmm. uh, again, let, we're talking about men. We were designed to conquer. We were designed to lead leading in our marriage right leading in our relationships leading our own soul right that these are things that if we're not being led to god 
uh, ego will definitely be an issue, right? Yeah, well, and you talked about leading. Uh, I don't, you know, and, and we'll kind of go a little bit back, you know, just I, I know with mentoring and counseling, and I'm sure you could probably echo the same thing. I don't know how many times I've heard a, a man say, my wife doesn't want to follow me. You know, I don't feel like my wife, you know, is following me. How am I supposed to lead if she doesn't want to follow? Or how are my kids? My kids don't want to respect me or they don't want to listen. And, you know, that is a struggle that many men face. And, you know, part of that is just to be honest, it, it's our egos. But it also, I think there's a big piece of that of, are we making ourselves, you know, to, to lead means you have a follower. Are we positioning ourselves where they want to follow and are they willing to follow, you know, and a lot of times we want to lead in our own way and we want, we have our mind of, well, this is what leadership looks like instead of being sensitive to who is it we're leading and what are their needs? You know, I got, you know, we, we had a, we had an interesting conversation this past weekend about dating with one of our kids. And it was a very different conversation that I had with one of my other kids a few years ago because it's a different person. It's a different, you know, it's a different personality. It's a different mindset. It's a boy versus a girl. And handling that conversation was very different than how I handled a previous one, you know? And so often I think we, we kind of get stuck in our head about, well, this is what leadership looks like. This is how I'm supposed to lead. And there's biblical truth in that, but there's also sensitivity to be able to make, you know, to, to be sensitive to those who you're leading. And I feel like a lot of times, you know, I just know with me, I, I have in my mind what a leadership looks like. My wife has positively taught me that that doesn't always work. <laughs> you know, you're, you're missing the mark, you know, um, you know, sometimes being dogmatic doesn't work, you know, sometimes being black and white doesn't always work. Sometimes just immediately talking doesn't work and not listening and being sensitive doesn't work. You know, and um, am I am I allowing myself to be led by God to be able to lead my family or my wife? And, you know, I just know how that that comment of my wife doesn't respect me. My kids don't respect me. I hear probably more than any other comment from men in marriage or as parents. You know, it's like the number one thing I hear over and over again. And for some reason, every man thinks I'm the only one that feels this way. Mm. You know, what is that? I think almost every man has felt that way in their marriage, you know, sure. uh, you know, and how do you handle that when you're feeling this way? And that is part of your reality. You know, your perception sometimes is your reality. How do you change your perception, to change your reality? And how do you really center on the Bible and center on the cross and Christ? Um, without watering it down and not being a leader. So, um, I mean, you're using this word respect. I mean, that's a, that's how men are loved, right? I mean, so yeah. how, what's your, what would be your word for someone that doesn't feel respected? And, and what is, what does that really mean? This word respect, honor, um, putting things in their rightful place, um, maybe listening to them really, I mean, what would you say to someone today that maybe is struggling and uh, in, in they're in that scenario you just described? Yeah, I, I tend to look at sometimes the verses that are in the Bible that talk, you know, that kind of correlate. And so, you know, I'm, I know in First Timothy, you know, one where it talks about like the church and I, and I often 
connect the church and marriage. I, I believe that there's a reason that God uses marriage to define our relationship. And, you know, in the very beginning of first Timothy, you know, he talks about what's the point of him writing. Paul talks about what's the point of it. And he says, you know, it's grace, mercy, and peace, you know, is, is the, the three things that he emphasizes. And, and I believe the way that we get respect is by really emphasizing grace, mercy, and peace, hmm. you know, um, you know, you can be, you know, he, he talks in the very beginning about doctrine, you know, you need to, you can't have a different doctrine, but you can have the right doctrine. You know, you can be right on the Bible, but doesn't mean people are going to want to follow you because you don't have love, you know, you don't have faith, you know, you, there's, you know, and, and so I believe in our marriage, a lot of times we get stuck on justice and what is black and white and what is right and wrong. And it becomes very legalistic. It becomes very dogmatic. Well, you're supposed to, as my wife, respect me, or you're supposed to honor me. And a lot of times I feel like we miss the mark when it comes to grace, mercy, and peace you know, grace is, you know, getting what we don't deserve, right? Yeah. Mercy's not getting what we deserve. And peace is about harmony of relationships with love for the benefit of that other person, you know, which I think Pastor Schaller talked about yesterday with agape love. Hmm. You know, and so is our goal to not only be biblical in our marriage, but also for the sake, you know, are we emphasizing grace and mercy and and peace? Are we the catalyst? Are we the the source of that in our home, are we actually the one? And I know in my marriage, when things have been broken, I tend to be the one that's not pushing for peace, not pushing for grace, yeah. not pushing for mercy. I'm pushing about justice. I'm pushing about legalism. I'm pushing about, well, this is what the Bible says, period, you know, or it's about what benefits me. And, you know, I'm not looking at any other perspective other than Am I loving my wife and is her needs ahead of mine and my children's needs ahead of mine? It's more about my ego, my feelings, and it's about me getting grace and me getting mercy. And you all need to treat me with peace versus me being the catalyst to create that in my home. And I, I believe that's exactly where sin just starts to creep into us. And I really believe that's where we fail as men is because it's more about I need, I want, I deserve which is all true, but it only comes after you be, you lead the others. It is a byproduct of you creating that environment. And so I would challenge, you know, us men, you know, to are we being the, the source and the catalyst for good doctrine, but also grace and mercy and peace with love, you know, and if you're struggling in that, who are you talking to about it? Because you might be like, you know what? I need a man in my life. I need, you know, you, Pastor Jason, to say, you know what? It's about loving your wife first. Mm. You know, that's how you're going to get her to love you back. You know, it's, you know, it sounds backwards, right? From an earthly perspective, it sounds backwards, but that's just the way God tends to always work, you know, you know, trust him, do his work and then reap, you know, so before you reap, you know, so. Yeah. I mean, don't you think when ego is in the driver's seat, it's a lonely place. I mean, marriage can be a lonely place. You can be surrounded with people and actually feel very alone, right? Uh -huh. Because it's all about me. It's all about what I can take. It's all what I want. I love what you, it's a me, 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 me. And, and it's like, oh, what a, what a uh, turbulent environment that creates because we can't, 
you know, again, we, we're insatiable in that sense where we don't know, we know what we want, but we really don't know what we need, you know, and what would you say to a man today that is, like you said, the word justice and legalist? I mean, maybe someone might be saying, I'm not a legalistic person, but it's so yes. easy to have it right or wrong, my way or the highway, or my needs are not being met. And don't people really understand who, you know, all this me centered, uh, very easy to step into environment. How do we, how are we rescued from that? Well, I, I think we need to truly understand that we are setting the groundwork and we are setting the foundation of what is going to happen in our home. I believe that's the way God designed marriage. And if we are constantly focusing, first of all, on our needs, then that is what we are creating as the okay method in our home. That is the philosophy and culture of our home. So if it is about your needs and about your ego and about your insecurities, then why wouldn't your wife follow suit? Why wouldn't your kids follow suit? And that creates a tumultuous and very volatile environment, you know, and I've been there, you know, many times. Um, and, you know, there's a lot of times out, you know, in the moment, it's just very much like what, but she's wrong. She is wrong. Well, that's the, that's not grace. That's not mercy. It's black and white. Mm. I am stuck on the fact that she's wrong. You know, she is supposed to honor me. She is supposed to respect me. You know, she is supposed to, you know, um, put, treat me as a leader and honor me in front of my kids and not bad mouth me and not say negative things. Yeah, that's all correct. But if I'm not creating an environment of it's not about me, and I'm here trying to set an example of love. I have just seen, and I believe this is where the Holy Spirit and God is more powerful than us. <laughs> you know, sure. I don't understand the math, you know, like I don't get the math. I'm a math guy. I don't get the math, but I just know that somehow when I set a tone of ego and my insecurities, it creates a legalistic, it's what's right, what's wrong. Well, you're supposed to do this. You're not, so you're in the wrong. Mm -hmm. And it becomes very much about right and wrong in a marriage versus coming to anything other than grace, mercy, and peace under the biblical understanding of what we're supposed to do. And I spend more time talking to men, hearing, but she's wrong, or my kids are wrong, or this is wrong. And I hear that, and I'm, and I believe the Bible is pretty clear. If you want to use the law, right? Yes. Then you better be accountable to the law. Like you want to use this as a standard. Let's use this as a standard. And you're going to be first on the list because you're the, you're the man. So do you really want to go there? <laughs> like, you know, because if God came to me and said, okay, let, let's just really go with right and wrong as a husband and as a father. <laughs> I prefer the grace and mercy piece concept that I would prefer the right and wrong concept, you know? And so I just really believe there's just so much, um, when I emphasize in my family, black and white, and, and, and I, and I'm just saying from experience, there are so many times I point to the Bible, but it's not out of love and it's not being done in grace and it's not being done in peace and it's not being done out of mercy. It's more like, this is what the Bible says, black and white. There is no debate. 
that's true. But if I'm only doing it from that perspective, I'm missing love. Mm -hmm. And I am called to love my wife. She's called to honor me, but I need to love her first. And if I'm missing that, then I'm going to get exactly what I am creating in this home, you know, and, mm -hmm. you know, no, so, I, yeah, I think if you live by the sword, you die by the sword. I mean, Romans chapter seven says it well, when the mm -hmm. law was revived, I died. I mean, literally. <laughs> yeah. So I, I love this, what you've been saying, like creating an environment again, we so much want to be loved and respected, but it it's not something that can be demanded. It cannot, it's something like you, this word grace and peace and love, this is all relationship. It's building relationship like Ephesians 5, 21. It's presenting her, it's washing her, it's seeing her um, <clears throat> as a gift, as something that's, that's, that's beautiful. And, um, I think in one, and I'd love for you to comment on this, like creating an environment, it's not giving what's deserved, right? It's giving what's undeserved. It's, it's seeing the potential and relating to our spouse, uh, not based on who she is now, but who she will be. Uh, and then vi vice versa with us, seeing us as who we are in Christ. Because I, I think guys can get disappointed and uh, because their idea of what they're supposed to get is not happening, but maybe their idea is totally wrong. I would say most of the time it's totally wrong. So creating an environment, what are some practical things you do? Um, There's a guy uh, out there like, I don't you know, know what to do. <laughs> yeah, you know, you and I talked about, you know, the shattered man, you know, in, in private conversations. And I believe a lot of men feel very shattered. Um, and, you know, and I'll say this just from a wife perspective, there were some practical things that I was encouraged to do that I've learned to do when I feel anger, I feel hurt, I feel betrayal, I feel alone, I feel, you know, disrespected by my wife. And there are a couple approaches that I can take, one of which is let her know that she's disrespecting me and she's wrong. Um, when there is hurt and there is anger involved, that never goes well, <laughs> ever you know, because she's hurt, you know, I'm hurt. Um, and so it never is, I would believe a productive time, but I believe, you know, part of some of the practical things that I think we can do is, you know, number one, are you praying for your wife and are you being specific in your prayers? Hmm. And one of the things I, I actually encourage a lot of men to do, you know, when they're feeling hurt in their marriage is really take time every day, write them on a piece of paper and pray over that piece of paper write something that you love about your wife or that you are thankful for when it comes to who she is as a woman. And, you know, I shared this story at the men's conference that my wife and I, you know, went through a really, really hard patch and, you know, we were able to start reconciling, but I wasn't emotionally there yet. You know, I was not feeling love. I was not feeling like giving. And so I was just really encouraged, you know, find as many things as you can that you can thank God about your wife and praise God for these things about your wife. Early on, you know, I think the first few weeks I was just praying, God, thank you that she has great legs. Like I got nothing. I, I'm hurt. I'm angry. Like, thank you that my wife has nice legs. And then, you know, I started praying, okay, God, I know this is kind of bad, but can you help me see some other things? <laughs> you know, Sure. And I started looking at, you know, my wife is a really amazing mother. Like, you know what? I may not feel like she 
cares about me, but I know her heart genuinely is selfless when it comes to our children. God, thank you. Truly thank you for her upbringing, for her being shown what a good mother is. Thank you for allowing her to, to just love our children so selflessly. And I found myself, the more I intentionally started praying for things that I am thankful for and seeing why God created her in this beautiful thing that she is, I found my heart starting to soften toward my wife. And I started looking at her in a different perspective. And, you know, the one thing I appreciate about our church is that it's constantly getting away from the earthly perspective and trying to look at it from a God perspective. Mm -hmm. And when I start looking at my wife through God's eyes or try to perceive that God, you know, help me see what you see in my wife. And allow me just to be thankful for things. I found myself now having and writing them down for me was also then I could go back and look at some of the things. And, you know, and, and it wasn't, you know, every day I just like, I'm going to try to find three things that I'm thankful for with my wife. You know, my wife, you know, take, you know, I go out, I work, my wife's a stay-at-home mom. It makes her feel better to be able to write the bills. It allows her to know what's going on financially. You know what? We never have any bills ever overdue ever. Like she takes that role seriously. You know, she has given up her career to, to be a mother for our children. You know, she allows me to do things in public where I'm sure she's sitting there going like, <laughs> you know, and she knows the man I am at home. And yet she still encourages me to do those things and teach and speak at churches. And she supports me in that. And all of a sudden my attitude starts to change toward my wife. And so I think that's a very practical thing that men are missing. When we talk about pray for your wife, well, what does that mean? Pray for my wife. I think sometimes it's being intentional in our prayer. You know, when you are anxious, give thanks. You know, when you're stressed, when you're overwhelmed, when you're, you know, give thanks. Well, give thanks for your wife. Give thanks for your kids. I believe, honestly, being open with men, but also when you go to speak to some a man, are you also at a position that you're willing to listen? Mm. Because if not, then you're just taking wow. what you have at home and you're just bringing it to another dude, which is the same issue that's going on in your home. So if I just want to come to you as you know a brother in Christ and someone that I respect and I consider you know a very, very dear friend, if I'm just coming to you to vent and that's all I want, what, what benefit does that serve when it comes to actually improving my marriage? Now, maybe I need to get things off of my chest and you just sit there. Okay. You got it off now. All right. Now let's, now let's talk about it. You know, and, yeah, and it can be therapeutic, men. but it doesn't, What's that? Help it can be therapeutic, but instruction is what changes things. Yeah. Yeah. And sometimes the instruction is just encouragement and education yeah. and positivity and pointing me back to the Bible and grabbing a podcast like this or a sermon that just says, you know what, I can do these things. You know, but that's just, you know, I think there's, there's a ton of practical things that we do. I think we just become lazy when it comes to being practical and finding, you know, I would ask a man truly, how much are you studying your word? How much are you praying for your wife specifically and giving thanks for her? When you pray, listen to what you're saying about your wife, and that will tell you your heart and your attitude. God, help my wife to honor me, help my wife to disregard. Well, that's telling me a lot about where my mindset is. Because mm -hmm. that's about my needs and my thing versus 
God, thank you for my wife. And I really believe that allows us, you know, in our most intimate language, our prayers, right, to be able to really, it kind of exposes where our heart is a lot of times. And I would say, you know, if you're struggling, get with a brother. Also, you know, sometimes pray with a brother about your wives, you know, mm-hmm. like, let's just yeah. pray and give thanks. And I might not have much to say, but I might hear things you're saying. And I'm like, oh, yeah, my wife's kind of like that, too. <laughs> you know, you know, and so, yeah, my wife, you know, my wife has good legs, too, you know, kind of thing. <laughs> but my wife has given up a ton. And my wife is passionate. And she is selfless when it comes to my children. And you know what? She chose to marry an idiot like me. That should be something right there. So, <laughs> you know. well, no, I love what you're saying. I mean, it it, it takes that recognition to acknowledge. Um, uh, again, uh, this idea we can be so problem centric that all we see is problems. It's like the same thing. It's like, you know, if if we're negative or critical, it's the only thing we see. We squelch the good, but thinking about things that you can be thankful for, saying them out loud, writing them down, uh, looking for them, uh, acknowledging the sacrifices that she's made. Um, I I think it can, I love the word that you said, it softens our heart because we can subtly despise maybe because of bitterness or resentment because things have maybe not gone the way that we think they should have gone, but really they're better. There could be better or we need to work on things because things just don't magically change. There has to be intentional implementation. And I love this again, going back to this atmosphere, culture of grace in your marriage, like, like grace and peace and love are not like, they're not like weak words. These are like real men are gracious men. And, And let's say again, if there's ego, and it leads to narcissism, which is a, a word I want you to unpack at some other cast because I, I want to get you on again. But it seems that the love of self, this whole self-orientation and then deflecting to others that it's somehow their fault that things are not going the way you or I think they should be going. I mean, it's a real it's a real trap that that hurts men, that destroys marriages. Uh, but. You know, and then comparison, right? We compare ourselves with other others and we say, oh, gosh, maybe the green grass is greener on that side. And there's this whole divided, uh, divided soul. But um, I love this. Maybe um, the shattered man. I mean, my gosh, I mean, maybe there's been a past issue, present issue. You mentioned sin, how sin divides the heart. How, what would you say to the shattered man today, the man that's kind of like ready to give up, maybe the man that's kind of lost, maybe the man that's like, you know, did I marry the right person? I've heard men say that. Did I really marry the right person? I mean, what would you say to them to encourage them today? Um, <laughs> that's a loaded question. Yeah, it is. I would <laughs> I'll say. I'll give you like 40 minutes to answer yeah. that question. <laughs> oh. yeah. I, I really believe most men have said that exact same thing or felt that exact same thing in their marriage. I really do. I, I think there are stages or seasons in our marriage where we really question that I make the right choice. Hmm. And again, I really believe that just immediately shows the mentality of a lack of faith in what God has provided you with. Um, the reality is, you know, and, and I will just share it briefly. I was abused as a kid. You know, not a lot of people know that. And, and it's not something I hide, but it's not something I throw out there. 
there was a lot of baggage that I brought into my marriage. There was, you know, and we often think when we get married, everything's perfect. I remember hearing one of the, the grace hour, I think it was, they were talking about marriage and made the comment about like, you come into a marriage sinful, like it is not perfect when you start. And I believe a lot of times we bring baggage in, but the one thing that I have realized, and I really do believe this, we have a free will of choosing who we're going to marry. God's like, you can, you know, I'm going to give you some guidelines. You know, if you're a believer, you need to marry another believer, you know, (laughs) but a lot of the other things, God's like, you know what, you pick who you think has the best legs. All right. And so I, I went with that. And so I am convinced that God knew exactly who I was going to marry. Hmm. He is not limited by time. He is not limited by our circumstances and our choices. And I genuinely believe that God prepared my wife to be the exact woman and partner and helpmate that I needed as a husband, as a person who was abused, as a partner, as a parent, as not only someone when we first got married and we're figuring it out, but also once we started having kids, she's the perfect person that I, God knew I needed to help me parent teenagers and people now getting ready to move into their next stages of life as well as this is the person that I'm designed to have. And when it comes to our future, you know, when we are empty nesters and we're retired or we're just whatever, I believe there is no, you, you, you cannot get caught up in this. I made a mistake. I picked the wrong person because that really shows your lack of faith in God. That is just saying, you know what? I do not believe God is able to do miraculous things and God is not able to prepare my life and the people that he puts in my life when I need them. And I believe that in itself is showing a true selfish. I, my opinion trumps God's sovereignty. Wow. And once we start going in that mindset that it's about my choice is more important and has more influence or more impact than what God is able to do, we have completely missed the mark. And I believe that's where we need to really say, you know what, okay, I don't understand it. Like, I'm not buying it, I'm not feeling it, you know, I'm using the word feeling right now, that my wife is the perfect person for me, and this is exactly who God wanted in my life, I'm not feeling it, but I'm not going to be controlled by my feelings, I'm going to be controlled by my spirit, and I'm going to allow my head to understand what the Bible teaches which is God is sovereign and God knows even the littlest things he will feed, you know, the, the sparrows and he will take care of everything. He's definitely going to care. If, if marriage is the number one thing that reflects our relationship with God, then you know, he's going to care about my marriage. And maybe it's our sin that's getting it all messed up because it's not God. God's not the issue. It's our sin. And Yes, I feel like this is not the right person. I feel like I've been disrespected. I feel like this and that and this. And all of those feelings, I do not want to say are not real or not, don't have, you know, reason for those feelings. But when we start relying on our feelings and we start relying on ourselves and our own choices and stop relying on God and his sovereignty and understand that God is faithful God can do miraculous things in marriages, but we have to also take steps along the way. Mm-hmm. 
you know, we need to be intentional as a husband. We need to understand our role as a husband. We need to listen to how are we praying? A, are we even praying for our wives? B, what are we praying for our wives? What are the words we're actually saying? Because that tells us our mindset toward our wife. And are we willing to actually put in the work? There because it is. it's easy to put in a couple of days and then feel like it's not doing anything. You know what? Put in six months or six weeks. You commit six weeks to your marriage, 100% all in. It's not about you. I'm going to do everything. I believe God will do miraculous things. I think you will start to see change. But are you also talking to somebody about it? Yeah. You know, because I don't want to sometimes, you know, man, if I go tell Pastor Jason about my struggles in my marriage, he may not ask me to, you know, teach at a men's conference or he may not look at me in the same way. And the reality is, which is the weirdest thing, is that my openness and my transparency with you as a brother in Christ probably has brought us closer. Yes. Yeah. And our failures yeah. in marriage or as husbands or as men allows us to kind of have this weird kind of intimacy as brothers in Christ and a respect for each other that we are going through this together. Yeah. I think men don't talk. Unfortunately, no. it's like they go, it's like the captain that goes down with a ship. I mean, there is no SOS call. There is no lifeboats that go into the water. It's just like, okay, you know, we could say a couple of things here. Couldn't we like start small, right? Start mm -hmm. small, just be intentional. Uh, just, you know, don't just swallow. This is the way life is. And then that's it. No, no, it's, it's starting small, small steps lead to miles, right? They lead to going across the globe. I mean, it always starts small and you keep saying this. And I, I want to stress this, that praying for your wife is really one of those safeguards that protect you and also allow God to do what he is designed to do. You know, uh, one couple said to me years ago, and I, I think of it often, not having a ledger, you know, don't hold each other's sins against each other. Like, like um, this is important. Like, again, just to every day is a new day. I'm not saying deny it or shovel it under the rug, but don't, don't look at each other in the frame of each other's faults. And um, like Jesus, he looks beyond our faults, sees our truest need. And this is where he loves us. He loves us beyond our shatteredness. I mean, you mentioned your past and, uh, you know, wow, how many men have something broken in their life. And, and it's like a, it's like having a piece of glass, right? The more you touch it, the more you hold on to it, the more you're cut by it and how God wants us to surrender that pain to him and then use it for something that would bring wholeness in another man. Um, I mean, these are like huge things we could say, but prayer, start small, initiate grace, uh, be at the cross where it's like, okay, I feel this way. I'm not going to deny it, but I'm not going to let it drive me. Right. Yeah. And, and then have a mission, right? Have something for me to live as Christ. It's not for me to live is my marriage, but marriage is the most important relationship in my life outside of Christ. So marriage is like one of those things where people marry their ministry, they marry their job, they marry everything else, but God's given them a wife and kids that is the most precious gift. Like I think we give our, 
our heart, energy, and mind to so many things, and then we come home and we're wasted. And God help us with a balance to cherish the things He's given to us. Yeah, you said, uh, you know, about the ledger. I, I would, I find it amazing how many times I talk to men and how many times I've done it myself. Where in an argument with my wife, I bring up things from ten years ago, fifteen years ago. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you've always been like this. You know, I remember when you know you've done this. You know, ten years ago, twenty years ago, when we first got married. Like it's like really like we're gonna. We're going to go through the history of our failures like that. Where's that grace? Where's that mercy? Where's that peace? Um, and, you know, you said about purpose. And I love that, um, you know, in my career, you know, my job is to create a vision and then a mission and then have practical things to accomplish what our goal is. And I, I talked to a lot of men and I, I asked them, you know, what do you do for a living, you know, and businessmen or, you know, other people. And so what is the goal when you go into the, when you go into work, like, you know, and they can give me very practical things that they do steps. You know, I'm trying to grow a ministry, you know, with my work and we're trying to find X amount more churches and we're trying to do this. Well, here's the plan of what we're going to do. It's amazing how many times I ask men when I'm counseling them or mentoring them. So what is your vision and your purpose and your mission for your family and your wife and your marriage? And they have nothing mm. or they, well, I want to have a godly family. You know, they give me some, you know, and, and I don't mean this in a disrespectful way, but they give me the, the typical answer. But then the next question is always, so what are the steps that you have instituted to make sure that that's happening? You know, what are the practical things that you're doing to make sure that those things are accomplished? You know, this is your goal. This is your purpose that you believe you're supposed to do in your marriage. Tell me what are the steps you're doing? Because in work, I make a schedule. I, I live and breathe by my calendar. You know, it's just part of the world that we live in. I got to look at my calendar. You know, what do I have today? Where on your calendar, where's your family calendar? Where's your marriage ca- calendar of, you know what, every day we're going to, I'm going to pray at this time for my wife. Or at this time, I'm going to pray with my wife. Or I'm going to talk to my, I'm going to go talk to one of my kids today and I'm going to make sure I pick him up from school or not because I need to, but just because I can, or I'm going to take him out, you know, just for ice cream and just try to spend an hour with my son. Just get to know him, talk to him and be intentional about time. You know, what is your purpose in your marriage and what are you doing to achieve it? And a lot of times we're really, you know, I hate to say it, we're just lazy and our wives see that. Yes. That's where the hurt comes from. They see what we're doing in our jobs and how successful we are, how intentional we are, or how much, how passionate we are about accomplishing things in our work, but there's no plan at home. Yeah. Well, what do you think is causing their hurt a lot of times? You know, um, but yeah, I think, and that creates, I believe, a shattered wife, which then creates a shattered man. Wow. Dan, we're going to have to do part two. This is uh, too good. I mean, it's the content here. A shattered wife that leads to a shattered man, shattered dreams, shattered kids, right? I mean, that's not the plan of God. I love what you said, you know, have a plan. What's your plan? Again, start small and start on your knees and don't let um, just the ego uh, get in the way, right? And uh, I really appreciate these 
very practical and encouraging thoughts today. Um, we're going to do part two because there's so many more questions. And I think as men, we need a, a healthy perspective. We need, okay, how is it that I can throw away the ledger? How is it that I can look beyond and 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 really create an atmosphere? I mean, we of love. I mean, we have Valentine's Day coming up, right? I mean, chocolates and flowers are great, but but there's other ways. Like, what is the most important thing to your wife? And 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 this is the secret, isn't? It's reciprocal. In you doing it, it comes back to you. If we demand it, expect it, it may never come. Right? It won't. I've tried. <laughs> yeah. <It won't. laughs> and then then there's like that secret fire. That's that strange fire, you know that. We're just like, and then anger takes over. But hey, I really appreciate your time today. We're going to do this again, part two. Friends, thanks for joining us for the Inner Revolution podcast. Dan Miller, Coach Dan, Mentor Dan. He's a speaker among many things, a dad, a husband, a worshiper. And thanks again for being with us today. Absolutely. God bless you, sir. Thanks, friends, for joining us for another episode of the Inner Revolution podcast. Please find us on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube, and subscribe so that you don't miss an episode.